How's that work? Like these days I'm getting calls that I don't even get as calls and they are spam. So I really appreciate it. I mean, it's great. Like I just got a missed call notification. Well, you guys would have heard if I got called. Yeah. And then when they, I have a service I use to get the voicemails translated. Oh. And the service even sometimes says, yeah, known spammer and they don't even bother translating it. Jeez. And I got nothing. And they're usually, as you know, they're usually Chinese yeah. language and the, the translator gamely tries and sometimes it's just like gibberish. <laughs> Other times it says unable to translate. Well, I'm just going to say, because I'll forget otherwise, my mother-in-law, Sue's mom received a written letter, Nigerian scams type letter Wow, from Luxembourg or Belgium or something with a 1.8 euro stamp on it. So can you imagine the scale of that? Like they got to buy stamps. Just to send it out. Right. So they got to have a minimum number of people replying to get scammed. So Good it's God. Yeah. I, my first thought is that's got to be a fake stamp. That's what I thought too. But maybe the cost of counterfeiting and getting it all. St- well, I just don't know. Cause the cost like of you counterfeiting say, is pretty high, right? I mean, even if, even if the stamp was fake and even if it was a bad fake that didn't really cost them anything to develop and print, just the cost of paper and envelope and ink yeah, yeah, already yeah. makes it an outstandingly expensive scam. And yeah. then. That, that, and, and because it would be so expensive, then you sort of think, yeah, but they must have some super good targeting methods. And that leads you to ask, well, why did Sue's mom get one? Like, was it in English? Yeah, it was in English. And what did they ask for? Well, I, I made the mistake of not bringing it with me. That would be the best. And I'd read you the letter. It's quite, quite surprising, but it is the classic something that you've won somehow. I think it was lottery winnings. This one was a lottery win. And you won the lottery win. We're going to get ready to transfer it to you. So just give us your bank account information and we're going to transfer it to you. And then they're going to, you you know how the follow-up will work. Once you send them that information, they're going to send you a letter back saying, we need, you need to pay the, uh, a fee. There's a fee required or whatever. Yeah. International taxation transfer yeah, fee. Yeah. And so once like you that. give us that fee, then we'll ship you the money. And then they give them that fee and then they, they suddenly, oh, we're sorry, we didn't realize, but there's an X, Y, Z charge that's done and it all sounds so legit. The next thing, and it's always an elderly person. They're going to send, oh, another yeah. $500 and this will take care of the $3 million I'm going to be able to give to my kids. Yeah. Oh, that's Eesh. pretty interesting that they even still do that. Now, I mean, emails are so cheap to send out. Why not? Right. But Totally. And I say that again and again, like. Doesn't cost you any more to send two million than it does to send fifty. Yeah, you know, that's like been just, your experience. Or? Yeah, and I found that I just as long as I spread them out, I only need one or two hits per million, and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Even the fabulous shed dogs have received spam mail. People masquerading as Squarespace, which are the service we use to host oh, our yeah, website. Yeah, they're saying there's something wrong with your billing information. You got to you got to get us get to us with billing information or we're going to have to shut your site down. Yeah. And it's a fairly somewhat convincing looking letter. It doesn't have the usual blazingly obvious typos and stuff. Yeah, there's a few typos that you spot like capitalization problems. Yeah. But the logos they've totally used yeah. the perfect logos. And then they'll put like 
www.squarespace.com. But if you hover your cursor over it, it's some Eastern European address. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I thought a nice touch was that they were acting on behalf of Squarespace. Mm. Because usually what you look at, I look at, is the email of the sender, the address of the sender. And if it's some crazy, stupid, like, thing, you just think, okay. But in this case, they're acting on behalf of Squarespace, so they don't have a Squarespace-related email address, and you don't expect them to. And they put it right on the letter, too. Not only is it in the letterhead, it's right in the body of the letter, that crazy email that they have. So they legitimize their mm. crazy email address, which is pretty fun. That is interesting, though, that somebody's still sending letters. Jeez. All right, all right, all right. Now, in case you guys haven't figured it out, we are now in episode 62. You've arrived back in the shed. 63. Just going to (laughs) say. In case you haven't figured it out, you have arrived at episode 63. You're back in the shed with the same guys that were here in the last 62 episodes. Sorry, we haven't added any new talent. Have either of you guys upgraded your skill sets a lot since episode 62? Nay. RJ. (laughs) PJ. Way to go, us. We don't know. KJ refused to chime. Yeah, he just, he just, no, I didn't. He did not plan. I said KJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does not plan. He did a noise, but he didn't do his initials. (laughs) So, oh, well. Cracking me (laughs) I just, it's too late for that now. The magic moment is past. It's gone. Just wasn't ready for We that. all stepped out into the risk world, <laughs> yeah. and you just left his twisting out there. presented ourselves. I know, and he just, that's it. It was excellent. <laughs> uh, this is 62. I, I don't know what havoc I'm wreaking with the intro music by repeating that after all this time. Oh my good God. This is 63. I don't know what havoc I'm wreaking with the intro music by leaving it that long. There's a full day of delay there now in the cycle, right? <laughs> That's right. While I edit all of those continuity errors out. It's still hot. It's still a beautiful summer day here in the shed. And we're still happy to see you here. We've still got a pile of stuff. We just did an episode. And I don't think we erased more than two things off the long list of things we had intended to talk about. So hopefully we're going to cover a little more ground this time. And here we go. Nice. Nice Nice skin. All right. So shall we just jump right into the items on the list? Yes, we should. You got one about cannabis costs. Is that one you want to keep on? Um, I, I put it on the list quite a long time ago. So of course I've lost track of the specifics of the item in the link. But generally speaking, the gist of that news article was that more and more and more people who consume cannabis are reporting that they are going back underground onto the black market to get it because the costs of buying it from the very few and hard to find legal registered outlets is high. There's complaints about quality, but it's really the cost and availability. And my thought is we've talked in this podcast more than once about basically government's inability to do anything efficiently, pretty much, mm-hmm. except maybe take money for taxes. Uh, and uh, I disagree with that, but I think yeah, we don't no. need to go down that path, but I, but I, I fundamentally disagree. Yeah, and that. I think you're, you're correct to do so, actually. Truthfully, you are. They do do a bunch of things effectively. But the whole business of legalizing cannabis seems to be 
at the time of that article's writing, which is now about a month ago, not working because between one thing and another, between rules around packaging, labeling, distribution, security, the costs per whatever have gone up to the point where people are saying, geez, you know, this was a lot cheaper to buy illegally off the guy down the street and take whatever risks for quality and content that I was going to take. Yeah. That's all that was about. Cause so to date then, I'd say I'd call it a failure to yeah. date. Yes. Only to date though, because these things take a while to straighten out. But the whole point should be that it's cheaper now. The whole point should be that the criminals wherever are no longer, they got to move on to some other crime. Yeah. But yeah, it sounds like, I mean, with the tobacco taxes, we saw that when the taxes got to a certain level, then there was all that smuggling, smuggling that happened. Yeah. They actually specifically brought the taxes down because of that. Well, I'd like to point out skinny that if you say that people are going back to the black market to get their pot, it's people who know how to get their part pot through the black market. Right. But there's a ton and especially people our age who never smoked or did the edibles or the oils or anything who will only <clears throat> buy from the government, right? <clears throat> because they don't they don't know the access I that So then I would the suggestion that, be that those prices are fine for those people that that the government will continue well, no, they to should, enjoy patronage even though their prices are way above black market to a certain extent okay. but th- th- i'm hoping that those new people new users will learn that oh so and so is getting that for half the price yeah mm-hmm. and the same quality and it's probably from a small grower right that isn't getting edged out by the big corporations that seem to be going on right now, which I don't like that idea either. Yeah. I have no information either on how uh, share prices for cannabis companies are these days. I don't know whether they're up, down, in, out. They were going up like wildfire there for a while, but I don't know whether they've plateaued, descended, anything. No mm. idea. But it, like I say, that reference was from a while ago and I haven't, I do precious little research to begin with and I certainly haven't spent more on that item. This article that you linked to uh, shows talks about price per gram. So is a gram about one joint? Mm, yeah, between so, half a gram and a gram, yeah. Yeah, okay. A joint, like, I think on the streets before legalization, a joint, which would be the equivalent of a gram, would be 10 bucks down on Granville Street or something, right? Right, right. If you bought like that. Okay, well, they're saying that a gram... Legal cannabis is around $10, whereas the illegal is around $5.50. But these prices would be not with the rolling service, and maybe it's when you buy 10 grams at a time, something like that, right? Oh, yeah, but there's 14 bucks a gram in the shops. Really? Really? And, the, you know, it's supposed to be some wiggy stuff, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Okay, so, yeah. Well, that was all that was. Hopefully. It just was a follow-on from conversations we've had about the Phoenix pay system and the gun registry and those kinds of projects. They're not doing a good job of it. And I I think down in Washington State and Colorado, certainly in Washington State, it's quite affordable through the official outlets. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well. There's a certain amount of irony in that. Well, eh? Well, they've been legal for longer. 
And then you're looking at $5 for a joint. That's $5 US for a joint in Seattle. So it's not that much cheaper. What's that? Like uh, 650 yes. or 7 Canadian, yeah. Dollar 32 these days, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's still actually a lot cheaper than getting drunk. I believe that too, yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're getting drunk in a bar or restaurant. Holy yeah. Dinah. That's, yeah. Do you guys know any? Is there anybody in your social circles that no? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking who didn't ever smoke pot, and now that it's legal, they actually either smoke it or eat it or do whatever they do. I, I don't know anybody like that, like new people. Who I'm are, just going to say, not that I know of. Uh, I have a, a wide circle of acquaintance in the hiking community, and I would bet that there are people in there who have only commenced to experiment with that particular form of drug recently. But I, they, they wouldn't, you know, those kind of people aren't going to start out the day by saying, hey, guess what I did last night? Oh, yeah. I got stoned out of my mind. It was just, no, they're not going to. And I wonder, I, I really wonder if they actually choose smoking as their first method of ingestion. Again, if I was to project onto the innocent blameless people in my hiking circle of acquaintance, <laughs> my thought would be they would always opt to eat, not yeah, smoke. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And yet isn't smoking a way that kind of tones it down? You get a better mix of chemicals than you would if you eat it. Better control of dose, I bet, if that's what you mean. Mm. Like when you eat something, you've that's the dose you get. There's no turning it down. Well, there's certainly... Right. You can, by experience, you can realize that, yes. oh, I'll just drink half of that iced tea. Yes. But yes. at the first time out, you eat that whole brownie, you're getting that whole brownie. <laughs> Whether it's too much or too little, that's what you're getting. Where do you guys stand on candy, brownies, cookies, anything that's appealing to kids? I just feel like it's the same question as where do you keep the liquor in your house? Yeah. Well, hang on. Or, or where do you keep the Tide Pods? Or where do you keep the whatever? But if, go ahead. If it looks like candy, are you saying that the, the, the gummy bear is sitting on the, the living room, the coffee table? I'm going to dial myself back to being a six-year-old. Okay. I would eat candy till the cows come home, right? Like if yeah. if it tasted like a Tide Pod, I'd likely stop. If it tasted like rye whiskey, I would certainly stop. But if it tasted like gummies, oh, baby, keep it coming. What if it tasted like Kahlua? Well, Kahlua's candy enough that I agree with you. I might, I might just keep going. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I just think. I know I, what you mean. It's just but the you're access, just right? speciously choosing no, a tiny no, I'm not. part. I'm not being little. specious at all. I'm thinking if you're a parent and you buy stuff that you know is going to be readily attractive to your really young kids. Then. And you leave it scattered all over the table. That's way, way more on you than it is on any bureaucratic decision to make that product available in that form. Way. Okay. That's all. Like I agree. Can, would, are you suggesting that you make it look less attractive, even though it tastes like gummy bears, that it has, you know, what, that it's... A- well, to PJ's point, he makes a good point about the parents' responsibility. But like kid-proof openers and like bottles of yeah, gummy bears. Okay, there's that as well. That's a great idea. Like just some way of like, because let's face it, if mom and dad are loaded are they going to really get around to protecting, like yeah. taking, okay, we're done now. We're completely blasted. Let's take the gummies and put them in the safe. They're just not going <laughs> to I feel do like that. I'm channeling the you now. The kids are going to run around. I'm going to start, I'm going <laughs> to, 
Because <laughs> I'm going to start saying stuff that I would expect you to say to me when I was making the argument that you just made, okay, which is... so let's if, hear the RJ caricature here. What if they're, what if they're already three-quarters drunk? Are they going to carefully put away everything? It's clear they're having no. a really good time. The kids no. are going to see that. Yeah. Is there any evidence anywhere at all to suggest that these products in those forms are creating problems. Somebody's mm. dog ate a whole bunch of stuff. I heard about that mm. on the radio the other day. Chocolate or whatever. Yeah, yeah was, but, but 10 gummy bears for a six-year-old might be yeah, quite serious. 10 gummy bears for a baby or a, a husky puppy was very serious right. too. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's all cut from the same cloth. There are hazardous things that adults do that they don't want to expose their kids to. And I just think... There's something, something Protestant or Calvinist or something in the idea that we got to make it taste horrible to prevent kids from having it. It doesn't jive at all with a libertarian approach either. Like you manage your life and the government will manage its, right? Hmm. And the suggestion that the government's got to make it so that kids don't eat it. Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. Good ones again. Well, I could be wrong. I just I think-, think that's what RJ would normally say. <laughs> <laughs> well... In the sense that I'm argumentative, <laughs> but in this particular case, it's not what I would say. But okay, yeah. fine, 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 fine. But I, I do. I don't know. I, I think you make a good po- point, though. Well, I, then I should retreat from the field immediately now. Yeah, because it's kind of not characteristic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and it, I just think somebody else in this room's got to get an email calling them an idiot sooner or later, and maybe this is my big chance for it to not be me. All right, good topic. <sighs> I like that. Yeah. Mm. But like I said, it just tastes like After Dark to me, which is my favorite Nelson Brewing Company. It has a nice uh, finish. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I had, a, hmm. I had a pretty lengthy conversation with somebody in the car about stout and about how you just can't get it the right way. Why on earth can you not get it outside the UK. And I can't figure out whether it's just some stupid subjective thing, you know, like it's, it's the beer equivalent of a placebo. If you're in the right place and the right surroundings and people have the right accents around you, it's going to taste super fabulous because you're, you're at the authentic place. That could be it. I mean, I had my first Guinness I had in the UK, I thought it was the most heavenly thing. Yeah. And, and whether that was just because, oh, finally I'm here, you know, I'm not yeah. sure, but it sure was good. Yeah. And like I had my first one in the UK too, in, in Ireland when I was 21. And when I came back here, uh, I, I won't say I spent years searching, for, but I did for years afterwards, kind of keep my eye open for a bar that just served it at all. And it was years and years and years before anybody over here served it on tap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stuff in bottles was not even remotely close. Mm-hmm. It was available bottled immediately, but it was just not at all close. And the stuff that they finally got on tap was never the same. And I always thought, I think they just don't know how to draw it correctly. I think so. Yeah. But the person in the car said they they felt that it might not travel right. It just might not travel. It might, if you fly it, something about right. the air pressure screws it up. And if you put it on a boat, something about the time screws it up. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I believe it. Hmm. Uh, well, the same can be said about New York pizza. Yeah. Like yeah. Sue and I had New York pizza and we could not believe how great it was. And then there's a whole bunch of theories as to why even a New York pizza maker who moved to Chicago and tried to replicate it found that he just couldn't do it. Yeah. 
And they're going, well, it's this something that's in the water or they're. Yeah. yeah. I, I mm-hmm. And do you guys think that if not for the Guinness book of world records, that maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation about Guinness at all. Like were they already Ooh. a well-established brand or did that book propel them? Woof. That's an interesting question. It is a nice question. See, I never associated the Guinness Book of World Records with beer at all, nor did I associate the Lionsgate Bridge or the British properties with Guinness, Mm -hmm. right, with beer. There's a super wealthy family named the Guinness guys built on brewing, but I just never... But then all of that said, what the hell made me think I wanted to have a stout in Ireland at 21? Yeah. You know, like, what was that about? Yeah. Where did that, I don't remember where I got that idea into my head. Well, I'm sure that for me, it came through my family that my grandpa would have a stout, a bottle of Guinness on Christmas Eve or something. Oysters and stout was the classic Christmas Eve traditional meal for certain people in my family. Wow. So I knew that Guinness was important. I don't, I, Actually, I you know don't. What? I probably heard it from you because you had been to England before I went. Because I do not put those two together, the Guinness World Book of Records and Guinness, for some reason. Not me either. Same company, though. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, it's not. I bet I did hear it from you. I bet you that is where I got the idea. You might have. I bet you I did. I didn't really get into it in 75. I I know it was very popular with the scaffold makers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where I got it. It was good, though. And I've never, I have yet. I think, to my knowledge, to say to anybody, that seems just right. Uh, but I really can't. I think that might just be some sort of stupid perception thing on my part. It could be. Okay. Oh, graduation day. Oh, I guess it's bo- bo- the day before. I thought, I'm going to get somebody to trim my beard. So I look a little bit snappy at graduation. So we go wandering around. We find the noble gentleman. It's open. It's the middle of the day. It's air conditioned. Are we going to guess? Do we get to guess? Guess what? The How price. Much? Yes, you certainly can. RJ, you go first. Well, I'm going to say it's London. So it's surprisingly expensive. Yeah, me too. Do you want to hear about the experience, what you get? No, no. <laughs> yeah, well. No, I would do after I guess. I'm going to say 40 bucks Canadian, whatever that is in pounds, about 25 pounds. 20, 27 pounds. You? Gotta go for a 26 pound 99. Yeah, same. Okay. Tell us. So what we go the experience in. And then. I ask, first of all, I ask how much. It's on the, it's on a menu someplace, but I didn't see the menu. And he tells me how much. I said, okay. Uh, do Can I just stay or do I have to make an appointment? Oh, no, no. Just stay here. It wasn't busy. Dylan's with me. Do you like a water? Or would you like a drink? Water, sure. Can, can he have one? Yep. Tell him he gets water. So we only sat <laughs> there for about awesome. five minutes. This is awesome. So, <laughs> you just know, eh? No, what's going Well, it's so, like a truck. It's like a big freighter bearing down. You just know. So I get in chair. These are, and these, I'm pretty sure they're Middle East or Turkish. I see that there's there's lots of Turkish barbers in london who advertise as turkish barbers and you know the full shave and everything so i'm i'm assuming these guys are they're middle east but or turkish or something and so uh he says you know he asked me how short so it's just the beard i just want the beard just that you know take this stuff off here take this stuff off here 
he begins. So I'm getting the hot face cloths. He's got some goop going all over the place. I think he actually maybe even gooped my whole face at one point. You get your eyebrows threaded while you were trimmed. Trimmed. Would you like? <laughs> oh, go for it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, the Iraqi barbers I go to always do the little eyebrow trim for me. Yeah. But I'm wondering if these guys might have been Iraqi too. Uh, anyway, and then, uh, so he does the whole thing. I notice he's got a, a straight razor, but he's got little exacto knife inserts. I didn't know that. I thought a straight razor was, you know, you get the strop and you do this, choo-choo-choo-choo. It's a solid piece of whatever. But no, he's got this little, I thought, oh, that's interesting. He's doing. So he saves the effort of sharpening just by replacing blades. You can just go to the craft store and get more X-Acto blades. Exactly. Jeez, I don't know. I wouldn't like that much. Well, whatever, it worked. I'd be on real edge point about on the whole thing in general, though. <clears throat> yeah. Like, so at any point, are you thinking, geez, I sure hope he doesn't slip? Well, you, but he would do that with a straight razor, a solid one, too, right? I know. But it's I know. The, it's, I, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, I would be worried about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it's about, the little pointy point on the X-Acto knife that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, about five minutes into the whole thing, he said, would you like a beer? <laughs> I said certainly. Five minutes in. Oh, I think the beer is going to be charged at a premium. Is that fair to? I'm no, just no, 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 no. Even in Vancouver, if you go to the a uh, uh, high class hairstylist, you get a glass of wine or a beer. Oh, nice. I'm just kind of wondering where the service authors are going to peak. Where are they going to top out? Like, does he make it as far as a bath in camel's milk? Well, it depends what the price of the shave is, right? Well, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, he just keeps yeah. offering, and you keep saying yes. How and high does it go? I didn't say, can he have a beer? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he brought me a Budweiser. Very nice. Oh. Whatever. And he carries on, and he does s'more everything, whatever. And then, finally, oh, he did, maybe it was sort of the cleansing thing. He did another kind of full face cover. <laughs> And then he started massaging my arms. <laughs> I'm telling you. I was thinking. <clears throat> they're drawing the camel's milk bath in the back. <laughs> These are all on the menu. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, you know, I'll go with it. Oh, it's quite relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're up to about 100 bucks. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So far. Cause, you know. And that was it, and it looked spectacular, I thought. I, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it felt divine. Final price, Bob. Right. 22 pounds. Nice. Wow. So, I mean, on one level, it still sounds expensive. How many minutes was the entire experience? Mm, half an hour, hour anyway. Okay. That's seems reasonable then. Yeah, me too. I think, yeah, 22 pounds for all of that, including a beer. He's got to pay rental in and London. A really nice shop. Yeah. Air conditioned, up the hoop. So what is that in Canadian? About 35 bucks? I, yeah, I, I swapped it a buck sixty here. It's probably mm. might be more. Mm-hmm. Still, I, I for that kind of money, yeah, that's a lot. Very nice, I think. And it's the experience. It's not just the oh yeah the yeah. results. Yeah, you couldn't do it's, that every day. It's be the crazy. experience. Yeah, but like, I just talked to some people out front who were from London. I said, oh, I just got back from London yesterday which they thought was kind of fascinating. And I went on about how busy it is and how expensive it is, even though Vancouver is an extremely expensive city. Uh, real estate in London is double, as far as I can tell. 
And I said, oh, the meals were so expensive. And they they said, oh, you just needed to find the right restaurant because you, you just weren't. And I say, yeah, 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 but I'm, you know, I'm sort of in tourist areas. They said here they find that groceries are really expensive in Canada. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Yeah, maybe certain key things like cheese and milk and stuff like that. That's probably way cheaper there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why I was thinking about produce. And then we were in a Mexican restaurant and I thought, where does England get their avocados from? And I thought, do they grow them in Spain or in Africa? You know where? Mexico? Mexico. Wow. In Central America. All the way from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, why is, why is that? Is it is it a specific climate? Is that? I don't know. Because, that's, yeah, well, like, that's where we get them from. But they're everywhere, right? I mean, Europeans are consuming them like North Americans are. So I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of ships going over there with full of avocado. When they could be carrying stout if they could only figure out how to make stout travel. That's right. Damn it. Wait a minute. Did we, the avocado conversation and that beard conversation, I like that a lot. I don't know if we should just immediately veer sharply away from that. Veer, go ahead, veer. Can I hear the beard again? <laughs> <laughs> or or what else was on the menu? I want to know whether a camel milk bath really was there or not. And did you consider giving Dylan sips from the beer? <laughs> or what? Did they give you an itemized list? Like arm massage, four pounds. No, 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 no. This was this was just all a part of it. He said actually at one point he said, "Do you want me to trim your ear hair?" <laughs> and then I'm thinking, is that an extra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I was. for some reason yeah. you think it at that point. You don't think it when he does your eyebrows. You don't think it when he massages your forearms. You don't think it when he gives you a beer. Ear hair, ooh, that must be extra. Like if I say yes, does that mean, it, yeah. you know, does every little thing, is I, the price going up? I would be up? thinking all that. Me too. And, and culturally, maybe it's just commonly known over there. No, no, the, there's just the one charge and then they'll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and they, uh, they differentiate themselves by the list of little things that they'll throw in for that same 22 pounds. Yeah, it could be, yeah. I just, I love having the conversation about ear hair, getting older and <laughs> just saying, hey, man, do you believe this, man? Like, like it grows in certain places, but then you think, what is this sort of pixie stuff? Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, why would it even, even grow there? You sort of understand when it's sort of close to the eardrum, it's like some sort of protection. But then it's going, why is it up there? Man? Well, I think you guys saw my photo from my otoscope that I sent you. Yes. Yes, I, the lizard eye. I think I got to bring it along. We'll do, we'll do it uh, when you have to clean between uses, of course. What, the we scope gotta, or your ear? We got to check out the ear hairs and stuff. Oh, oh I'm not going to publish any picture of ear hair. Mm. Did, you put ear. That, did you put that picture on the website? I did not. Mm. We, did we cover it in a recent episode? I think we did. I think it came up. In, yeah. That, that I could see the bone that connects to yes, the Yes, it did come up. Yeah. Yes. It's just amazing. Yes, it was amazing in a horrifying kind Let's of get way. Get that pick out there. People want to know, damn it. <laughs> no, I'm not putting... You know what I think? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not putting it on there. Nope. Not putting any picture of my ear hair you, out in the world. What do you think, Skin? I think hair is growing in places like that because as a species, we were not designed to exist for 80 to 100 years. I mean, I think there's a genetic imperative to force ear hair out of every pore at some point, and some pores are slower than others, but I don't think it's a protective thing. I think hair... If you lived long enough, 
Let's see, where's an improbable place for hair to appear that it doesn't already? If you lived long enough, there would be hair coming out of that improbable place. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, I know, it's nonsense, but I I just think... Interesting nonsense. I, I can't think that hair in your ear serves a positive evolutionary function. Thank you, Scan. Well, I'm with you on that one. I just can't And who invented it? it? Yeah, whose plan was that? The yeah. great engineer. The yeah. great engineer kind of fell asleep with a switch on that longevity issue. Yeah. The intelligent designer. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What is the Tales from the Shuttle? Is it? This particular one says Tales from the Shuttle Infinity. Yeah, because I got tired of trying to be amusing by putting Roman numerals for the episode. Oh, number. is that what that meant? Yeah, it's just. And from the small world desk. Oh, the small world desk. So I'm in the shuttle. People in the car down from Pemberton. What are we talking about? They had just returned from Dawson Creek. Dawson Creek was awesome. The guy said, I think everybody from Canada, I think it should be part of everybody's high school education to be forced to spend four or five days in Dawson City or in the Yukon. And I thought, Dawson City. Dawson City, sorry, yeah. And I thought, that's kind of a cool thought. I, I think there's probably some value to that line of thinking. And then I said, yeah, you know, I've never been up there before, but... Uh, I have thought about it more than once, especially, I said, I got a buddy. I got a buddy who was in a TV series that was shot in part up there. And first of all, on the TV series, they had some opening shots that just made it look just fantastic. And and he said that it was really spectacular. They said, oh, what was the series? They said, oh, it was called Arctic, not Arctic, Arctic Air. And uh, they said, oh, oh, what was your buddy's name? And I said, it's Kevin McNulty. Oh, I know Kevin McNulty. These guys are from Pemberton. I said, oh, really? Oh, geez. Well, yeah, I know him. And he said, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'd like to go there. I'd like to understand what is the best insect repellent currently available in the world before I went, but I'd like to go see it. And it turned out that the woman was Babs Boucher's, Babs from Rossland's, I believe, niece. And she knew Susan from Rossland. She knew Stephen from Rossland. She knew you. From the lake. From wherever the Boucher clan does their gatherings. Christina. And I just thought, what on earth is happening around here? And then the guy uh, piped up and he said, what's the other driver's <laughs> name? Da, 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 da. I said, Dale. Oh, yeah, Dale, Dale. Yeah, no. Uh, I know Dale's sister. Now, I'll just say at this point that I vetted this with Dale, the other driver, and he couldn't figure out what I could be even talking about, how this person <laughs> could know him. So it might not be a real connection, but the guy was suggesting that he knew one of the other shuttle drivers through that guy's sister, that he had seen that guy's sister's wedding picture before the guy did. And so that's how it made it onto the list to talk about here. I thought two of those in the same ride wow. is nutty, just nutty. But like I said, when I checked with Dale, the other one might not be true. I thought the Rossland connection was remarkable enough that it's worth talking about, but... So I haven't uh, told Susan from Rossland that either yet, because I'm sure she would know this woman. You could even, once she oh, yeah. said she was related, you could see it. She looked like Babs a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They all they all do. Yeah. But a couple of corrections there, Skinny. Yeah. Uh, Arctic Air was in Yellowknife. Okay. In NWT. And we did a summer, the family did a summer in Dawson City on stage. Ah, that's right. Yeah. That's my connection to that. Yeah. And I can't remember whether the guy mentioned the territories or not. I don't know what. He he basically just, his suggestion was that every high school kid should have to spend some time north of 60 somewhere. 
and see what it's I like. I wonder if he was doing the Alaska Highway or something. He was at Haynes Junction, so yeah. Haynes Junction is mm. just up there. My sister, that same sister I talked about in episode 62, did a summer as a waitress in Haynes Junction. <laughs> really? Yeah, all things. Sue and I are talking about Alaska Highway for next July or next summer. I wow. Think, I think that would be a pretty awesome trip. Did I send you the video Martin from North Vancouver did? I don't think so, no. He did a great video. Martin P? Yeah. And he, cool. he brought his two sons along. And I believe it was just his two sons because he got a daughter as well. I can't say for sure. But anyway, he brought, oh. his, brought his kids along. And he took the time out from time to time to do little videos. Plus, he had borrowed a drone or owns a drone. Yeah. And so he did the occasional video from way up oh, high nice. and down, coming down to them and their kayaks in the lakes. And <laughs> just a phenomenal, nice, nice video Jeez. that makes you go, I want to go. I want to go. You know that. what it makes me feel like? I want to do a video like that. <laughs> That's what it does. Well, I'll send you guys the link to the video. Yeah, and we'll, uh, if it's public, I'll put a link to yeah, the, uh, that'd show, be super the show notes. Cool. Shed like dogs by a drone. Ooh, let's start up. What is it? Patreon to get funding for a drone. So here's the, okay, picture this. So you got the drone up in the air, a thousand feet or whatever. There's a tiny little shed way down below. Right? <laughs> Just a roof, yeah. another roof and, and a sea of roofs. And it gets roofs. closer and closer and closer. And it comes right down here, right in the window and does the shot in. <laughs> and our voices are going the whole time and they're in sync. Nice, yeah. nice, Send in nice. your nickels and dimes. Let's make that happen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I know that uh, a quality drone is a lot to split among our 30 listeners or so, but we'll still. Give, yeah, we'll give this one to our intern to figure out. <laughs> uh, the Alaska Highway isn't paved, is it? It's Isn't it a lot of I believe it's hard most, gravel? mostly paved now, but if it, if not paved, really smooth. Like yeah. Really well yeah. graded. So, yeah. Yeah, I, that'd be a great... Whether you rented some vehicle to kick the hell out of or just kick the hell out of your own, that'd be a cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Real cool. I approve. <clears throat> you have my trip plan approval. All right. What else we got, RJ? What do we got? Oh, we got so much. I know. I know that. Quick one about street signs in Vancouver. Anybody got any thoughts on why some of them are mixed case and others are uppercase? Uh, sorry. Uh, give, give me a definition here. Or uh, So, yeah, you got your all caps. Stop. Or, or, yeah, what, what, what kind of signs oh, are we talking about here? Okay, so what I'm t referring to is some call them blade signs, and they're the little corner street signs that tell you what the street names are. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Oh. And sometimes it'll be all caps, like Hagerty Street. And other times it'll be mixed caps, like mixed case, like only the first letters capitalized. Sometimes it'll be in Chinese, in Richmond. Okay. There's actually street signs in Chinese without even an go. English thing. There you go. So if what you're looking for is preference. Uh, nope. I was just wondering why the city of Vancouver uses some. Length of word? Yeah. We went through this whole thought process because Sue and I were out for a nice walk somewhere in the area of Queen Elizabeth park, but not quite a little bit north and west of there. And we suddenly realized, wait a minute, some of these streets are mixed case and others are uppercase. So, and you didn't think it had anything to do with length. We tried that. Nay. And no. And then we, we ended up seeing a really short street name, like three letters that was all mixed. And we did notice at that time that the sign was shortened. 
<laughs> like they save on metal. Oh. <laughs> so there. Okay, so here's my guess. So, so okay, go ahead. And here's my guess. guess. Yeah. Uh, a big organization like the city of Vancouver does a lot of contracts with a lot of different suppliers for a lot of different stuff, including street signs. And sometime at some point, some guy with more than three, but less than five tassels on his shoes made a pitch for mixed case based on how warm and welcoming it looks and how much cheaper it was going to be. And you know what? We'll throw in the optional shortened sign for short street names, saving you even more. That's mm-hmm. what I think. And that's why it's all mixed because they only need, they don't replace all the street signs. They only put in the ones that need to be replaced or damaged or changed. Right. So they get to make different decisions at different times about what those signs look like. Yeah. And I, that's, that was my thinking as well. Very similar to that is yeah. that the engineering department decided at some point we need to switch to mixed case because on our walk, we kind of noticed it was usually the newer looking signs that were mixed case and the older ones were all caps and mixed case. Apparently I'm told is because of the human mind visualizes the actual shape of a word with mixed case. There's more of a shape. Whereas with block letters, it's just a rectangle. Mm. And then, so you can actually quickly see, Oh, that's, you know, Haggerty street. That's kind of fun. That's kind of fun because you would sort of think with the mixed case that, overall visibility or readability of the letters would be reduced. That's what I thought too. And yet maybe it's compensated for yeah. by the improvement in the shape of the word. Yeah. There's it's a reason that books are not printed in all caps. Well, it's yeah. not just the little symbols like, oh, this is the beginning of a sentence and, oh, this is a proper noun. It's also less readable. Yeah. 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 I, I think it is. I don't think that it's the engineering department decided they needed to make a change. I think it was just a, a contract thing. They just, well, your shed dog dollars are at work here. Yeah. Just today I sent a, an email to the city of Vancouver. (laughs) The only way, you know, I went to their contact section and there's no, like Burnaby has a nice engineering department contact number, but in Vancouver, you kind of have to key in what you're looking for and it gives you some suggestions and it's not like they're going to have an article on this topic. So the next thing, you know, I'm sending them, like it's, it's using the form that's meant to say, Hey, you got a pothole at this. Street yeah, location. Yeah. I'm saying, Hey, this is not super important, but I'm hoping you can help me out with this. So hopefully by the next, uh, two episodes cool. down the road, we're going to find out. Cool. That is shed dog dollars hard at work. And I will be interested in the answer because as soon as you said that thing about shape, I started thinking things like, well, in a city whose fading eyesight oh, demographic is growing every year, right? then the lack of ability to read capitalized letters, but yet continue to recognize shapes probably matters. So maybe they did make a decision along those lines. I'd be shocked if they, if it was that as deep as that, but you never know. They might have. My guess is the response is going to be, we changed the standard on such and such a date and all new signs after that date are going to be mixed case. And they might add as a bonus that, Research has shown it's more recognizable, yeah. something like that. And you, preference? I liked the mixed case. KJ, mixed or block? Um, I, uh, I love the mixed case, but I'm going to do a little research in my own neighborhood and see what's going on around here. Uh-huh. What are you hoping to find? You want it? Like for me, I'll just say I like no. all block. I like uh, I, block. I'm pretty sure that most of them, like coming up Nanaimo, because I watch them, I think they're all mixed case. 
but uh, I could be wrong. Who can know? Who can know? We'll look. We'll research because that's the kind of guys we are. Okay. Totally different topic. Yes. I want to hear this one. Okay. So peanut butter sandwich, peanut butter and jelly sandwich technique, guys, I'm going to say that I spent my whole life making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, like many of us. I've eaten a lot of them in my life. Could be three, 4,000 for all I know. <laughs> More. That only about two years ago, I was suddenly aware of a controversy in how you make them. Tell us. So my question for you guys is, when you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, what tools, what implements do you use? Knife and spoon. Knife and spoon. Okay. Go on. Knife puts on the margarine in my case. Ooh, margarine. Yes. Ooh. Oh, man. Well, that's a whole sidebar, but let's just put that aside for a moment here. Jeez. Just stifle our disgust. And <laughs> please go on. <laughs> let's just wait a while. I'll just, to say, see whether I I'll just say right out loud that I'm amazed that people even put butter on sandwiches, let alone some other form of the, the like oh, like why would saturated oils that's right oh, especially right. especially a peanut butter sandwich which which i think butter is kind of there for moisture or for something and absolutely right and peanut butter already has taken care of that no it hasn't uh, yeah, well in my opinion Do you know how they used to make mr ed talk with peanut butter peanut butter and the gums and he'd do this can't see me doing it, but he'd spend his whole show moving his lips trying around. Trying to get that peanut butter out of trying there. Trying to get the peanut butter. And what does that tell you? Tells you peanut butter's pretty sticky, pretty thick, pretty not all taken care of as far as the butter part of but peanut butter if goes. If you add butter to that, does that make it any better? Yes, it thins it out. Okay, well. Thins it out. Damn it. Jeez, okay, so their own. I hate having to make sense for everything so, that should make common sense. So we went ahead and took the sidebar. That's fine. So anyway. <laughs> knife goes to butter and peanut butter. Oh, same knife? Well, yes, but you have to carefully clean it on the bread in between because you don't want nice. margarine mixed in with your peanut butter. That's, nice. not, that's not okay. All right. If you are taking time and thinking about what you're doing as an intelligent <laughs> adult... <laughs> You also put peanut butter on both pieces of the bread, not just one, both pieces. Why, why, why would you do that, you ask? Well, A, you've thinned it out with margarine or butter in the first place, so you're not going to choke to death on it. That's important. And secondly, you seal off the bread from the incursion of jam or jelly by coating it with peanut butter so that when you get that stupid thing out of your pack four or five hours later on your two-sandwich oh, hike, okay. the bread is not all sticky and soaked with jam on one side and just kind of normal on the other. And are, have you done margarine on both sides as well? Yes, absolutely, because you got to thin the just, peanut butter out. Gotcha. Just gotta thin it out. That. Well, I really was intending on going in a certain direction, <laughs> but you've taken it in an altogether new one and a very novel, a nouveau one as well. Like, I'm completely unaware of this concept. There's, that's two things now that I'm completely unaware of well, after making thousands of that's sandwiches. That's why people come to this podcast, RJ, so they can learn stuff, so they can find out the right way to make I a see. peanut butter sandwich okay. as opposed to however you guys yeah. have been doing Ooh. it. Okay. That's you a, said avoiding the use of movement. Thrown down, aren't you? Yeah. 
So now tell us where you were going. That was pretty mookish how you brought the whole thing I, in. I did slip that in a minute ago, but you might have missed it. Uh, KJ, your technique, please. Um, yeah, I dare you. <laughs> I'm a, just a single knife man. It goes into both the peanut butter, no butter, or other substitutes, and the jam, which is every once in a blue moon, and maybe in the old days, perhaps more, I might have had grape jelly, perhaps crab apple jelly that was homemade, but very rarely jelly. It's usually jam, mm. usually raspberry, usually these days strawberry. But growing up, we always had raspberry jam because my mom canned it. Susan cans strawberry and grape from out here, which is nice, very nice. Yeah, your very own grapes, right? In the That's area. right. But uh, also the difference in uh, seepage from the jam or jelly only happens if it's being if it's being transported over a period of time. If you eat it right away, you don't have to worry about that. That's true. That seepage business. And uh, peanut butter on both sides, I just shake my head at that. I, I'm just wondering, okay, to each their own, but I shake my head. Uh, I don't know what else I can say. Um, well, he's, he's got a point, though, in the transport situation. Six, yes, hours, yes, yes, six yes. hours later, I think it's an awesome idea. I'm going to try and remember it if I'm packing, yes. and I never do, but if I pack a peanut butter sandwich for a hike or something. Well, even if you're doing it for lunch at school. Like, I made the kids' lunches for years and years and years, and it wasn't very often that it was just peanut butter I'm and jam. I'm going to try and remember it for the next time I make a peanut butter sandwich for lunch at school. Yeah, or for your kids' lunch at school, or maybe for yeah. your grandkids' lunch at RJ. school. RJ. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is it. So all I'm getting, the only thing that I was truly interested in, it turns out that everything you guys have said is awesomely interesting, because it's, <laughs> it's like, I love the minutiae, guys. <laughs> Like this is this is what we're all about. I like to think this is what we're all but, about. But tell us now, though, what on earth did you even bring this? There up I for? am making a sandwich one day, and Sue goes, "What? What did you just do?" I'm like sixty years old. She's going, "What did you just? Do? Well, I'm just making a sandwich." Yeah, but you took the same knife out of the peanut butter and put it into the jam, and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> She goes, you don't do that. Well, should I have licked it first? <laughs> That's what you should have said. And I actually can understand a little bit. Like Griffin went through a time frame there where he seemed to be getting sick and we were trying to pin it on certain things. We thought maybe it was peanut butter. So we stopped serving it to him. But And then, of course, if the peanut butter is going into the jam, I actually understand that totally. So I have switched, you know, because it costs me very little. Yeah, I, I use a spoon for the jam or What's jelly. What's the cost of washing an extra yeah. knife, really, in the big I, scheme of I things? I do that, too. Plus, you can get a way heavier dollop of jelly or jam with a spoon than you can with a knife. Yeah, Sue's a spooner as well. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a knifer. Mm-hmm. I use the knife still. Uh, and so I was just talking to her about it today and I made myself a sandwich and we, we got off topic and the next thing I knew, I used the same knife for both sides. Very sad. Well, like I said, I, I think you should have just offered to lick it off first. Oh, is that about getting peanut butter into them? Sorry. Make a horrible display of licking it off and then stick it into yeah. them. But Skinny, you made a good point earlier when you, when you said you make sure that you wipe the knife off on the bread, well, yeah, right? Because yes. you don't, you don't yeah. want margarine in with your peanut butter any more than you want no, peanut you butter don't. in with your jam. Right. And I do, don't. I do wipe the peanut butter off on the yeah. bread before I go into yeah. the jam, but still. You can have a, there can be a day when you miss stuff. And I remember at Payne Street, Uh-oh. 
Oh, a source of little yeah, friction. A little bit of a friction source. Skinny opens the jam or the jelly, whatever it was, and said, What the? Like, who did? <laughs> Big dollop of peanut butter in there. Like, there's some, yeah, oh, some foreign. Oh, you don't like that, eh? Stuff in oh, I the. Do. I'm and fine who's, with who's doing, you know? Yeah. You don't like that. I don't and like to see I, peanut butter in there. I remember that. Yeah. He was yeah, so I, after go. that. I made sure. No, I'm not going to be doing that kind of no, stuff. We, need, we all need to. I mean, if if it's something that really doesn't cost you much, why not respect your roommates? Exactly. Am I right? Exactly. Like, even if it's kind of unreasonable in a sense, right? <laughs> but even why if it's the not? Sign of a slightly unbalanced mind. <laughs> why provoke him? He's like a child yeah. that no, way. No, no confrontation, please. No confrontation. No. We're, Everything's good. I I remember KJ. I uh, learned something about you when we lived there. Was that you're very fastidious with your uh, washcloths. Uh, when I say washcloths, I mean yeah, dish, I mean news to me too. I mean so. to say dish rags is what I'm referring mm-hmm. to here. That I would see you um, bleaching them from time to time. Do you still do that? Uh, no, I don't use them like I used to in the old days. Okay, yeah, but I thought that was pretty good. So you'd keep them nice and clean. And we all know the problem of using a dishcloth for certainly too just long. It stays right? wet for so long that it well, gets kind of... it's mucky and yeah. uggy. And, it's yeah. just a hive of bacteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought it was very, uh, what do you, what's the word? Um, domestic? Resi- domestic. I thought, how, how very domestic of you. That he's bleaching it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't It didn't seem that. like a male thing to me, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, my mother would do that. And, I, and I don't pick have up any on it. Recollection of any of anything. I. Well, you can <laughs> cut. I mean, this is a, there's a really nice core in that material, PJ. You can choose to edit it however you like. Oh, thanks. All right. I got an Amazon Prime report. This is. You had sent us a thing saying that if we wanted to be the kind of burr under the saddle consumer that you are, we could take advantage of a one month free offer for Amazon Prime. And then, of course, we would have to remember to cancel it prior to the end of 30 days or it would just be auto subscribed. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, we're all uh, Netflix subscribers in this room. And I'll bet you at least three quarters of our listeners are Netflix, so like eight. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been working on those jokes too. A lot. <laughs> that one didn't exactly work, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, so we, you know, and I try not to be victim of sales, but sure enough, Prime Day came along. I wanted to have one of those kind of drills that you guys have because I'm looking at these are the big boys. These guys, they got the battery drills. Oh, the cordless. Yeah, so I thought, you know, I wanted to give Hannah a drill, and so I'm thinking, of course, I'll give her my corded drill which is a very high quality drill. The problem with this corded drill is it will last for another 200 years or so. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem. Yeah. That yeah, is, is a problem because you can't, you can't indulge your runaway consumerism <laughs> when the product actually is quality. It's right. a real drag. So Hannah gets the corded drill and I now get the cordless drills, um, which as an aside, I'm wondering if that's a bad idea because I use drills so rarely that maybe the batteries will stay charged too long and who knows. Yeah. Why, who knows? Yeah, anyway, I don't love it. So, yeah, yeah, but I got double batteries. I know your part of your problem was you only have one battery yeah. and it runs out because, uh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I got one of those. I got some drill bits. I got, uh, Sue got a Kindle. All these things were on legitimate sales, not the phony kind of sale where they bump up the price for a while and then claim that it's a sale. None of that. 
they really were nicely depressed prices. <laughs> so we joined the free Amazon Prime and we got on Prime Day, you know, a parcel with a lot of good stuff. Now we got Amazon Prime, and you're aware that there's some really good shows on Prime Video. I'm actually not. I, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's stuff that everybody else talks about that I haven't seen. And that's understandable, too, because you guys are not award show watchers. I know. Whereas I watched, you know, we watched the Emmys, and we're going, wow, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel was said to be the most, you know, amazing, fantastic show, and that's on Amazon Prime Video. So, mm-hmm. And it is. I highly recommend it. So... That is a, a phenomenal show. If you like stand-up comedy, it's just amazing. Perfect pitch. And it's done by the same people that did the Gilmore Girls. So really smart writers. So all I'm saying to our listeners and you in the room, if you found that Netflix, you've hit your kind of, you're now getting into the, I'm going to watch this show. It's only two and a half stars, but whatever. It's something to watch. Then why not? subscribe to Amazon Prime. You know, it's really not that hard to add a reminder in that tells you when to unsubscribe and then unsubscribe. There's only about one month of material in Amazon Prime. It's oh, not Netflix. That's an interesting observation yeah, right there. That's not, a real, there you go. There's the nugget to me anyways. Yeah, eventually. all of a sudden, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, eventually, if I'm talking for 10 minutes, eventually you're going to get something of value. Out no, of but that part... <laughs> You know, up until then, like, the, the, what I was coming from there is, oh God, I'm so awful with subscriptions. I am so awful with canceling. So I think I'm still subscribed to Vicky, the stupid K-drama one, because we wanted to watch something all this time ago, right? And I watched it and I'm still subscribed. It's not the stupid K-drama one. It is the only K-drama one. So I was going to say that, uh, first of all, Man in the High Castle is... Amazon Prime. Right. It's like still, to see that. It's still on there, too. And you can see me in there. Yep. Featuring a shed dog. And also, uh, I just uh, canceled Amazon Prime because Susan, I think um, two months ago, said, why do we have Amazon Prime on our visa bill? I, I said, I don't know. Did you buy that? No. Did you buy that? No. Did Dylan buy that and put it? You know, well, who knows? And then she said she tried to cancel it, but it meant having to cancel her visa card and change the number and everything. I thought, well, that's a little no. bit silly. Seems unlikely. So I, I, she asked me it again the following month, and I thought, well, so I looked into it, and sure enough, I went on Amazon Prime and canceled it just by clicking cancel, and they said, mm-hmm. okay, you're canceled, and, but I have no idea why it was there in the first place. Yeah, them and Netflix purposely make it easy to cancel so they avoid all the bad press. Because yeah. some stuff, like the New York Times, for example, you have to phone in oh. and or chat. Either way, you have to talk to a real person to cancel. Then they have a little script they have to ask. Well, there's something that you're yeah. you just Come on. I yeah, you're not to... entitled to why. Yeah. And so don't try to harvest it right. before you let me out. Yeah. Anyway, the thing that I was responding to there was the nugget, the valuable nugget, is there's about a month's worth of stuff on Amazon. That's super good to know if they're offering a free month. I might actually manage my stupid subscription mm-hmm. problems for that. Yeah. You know, like if you know there's about a month worth of stuff. Yeah, but come on, that's got to be a pretty busy month, doesn't it? Well, yeah, like if you happen to have broken your leg or your back and you're laid up in hospital <laughs> for six weeks... That would help. Yeah, the way to go is to Google 
greatest shows and and movies on Amazon Prime. You just Google that. There will be a few articles. Man in the High Castle is always really up there. Mm. Uh, and the Marvelous, did I say the Amazing? I can't remember. It's Miss either, Maisel? I think it's the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But Mrs. It might be Maisel. the Amazing. Anyway, boy, is that a fun show. Oh, some classic scenes in the, uh, what are those mountains around New York City that the Borscht Belt Cat skills. The Catskills. Yeah, because she's she's working her way into stand up comedy. Oh. So really good scenes in the Catskills, and she literally works in Try the Veal <laughs> in a actual really great way because she really did have a great show, and she ends with it, and it just works, right? I use I've used that in the shuttle, Try uh, the Veal, a bunch of times. <laughs> well, are you still going to be a you know? Because I drop people off, and they wonder if I'm the guy that's going to pick them up to bring them back. <laughs> and sometimes it's not the same day. <laughs> and sometimes it is. And I'll still say, oh, yeah, no, I'm here till Thursday. Try the veal. Tip your waitress. Always gets a laugh. Always gets nice. a laugh. Nice. Even if someone's like 24 years old, yeah. they still laugh Always at it. Always gets They a don't laugh. know where it's from, but it's funny. They've right? heard it. They've heard the reference. Okay. They don't know anything about the cat skills, and they don't know anything about the classic hack comedian so what is what is the marvelous Miss Maisie? It's a it's stand up comedians mm-hmm. sort of. Is it a reality kind of thing? Uh, no, or no, no. It's a docudrama a, or a, it's a comedy drama, and uh, so it's written but right. based on yep. stand up comedians doing what well, they do as they start. Yeah, out all it stuff. is is uh, it's set in the sixties, I believe. Oh, so lots of nice references to the old world. And she is uh, the young, well, yeah. That's, that's, is it yeah. kind of like the same sort of meta thing that the Gary Shandling show was? No. No? No. And uh, so she's she's been married as you do in their Upper West Side type uh, Jewish uh, New Yorkers, have a fair amount of money coming in. The father is a professor at Columbia. The mother is a socialite of some sort, so she has independent money. And the the daughter marries a guy who's a bit of a problem guy, and he fools around on her. So they separate. She's been helping him in his comedy career because the guy, even though he works in business, he wants to be a stand-up. And she just decides. And they open by showing him just nailing it. Oh. He's on the phone to Abraham Lincoln as his promoter. Yeah, Abe. Oh, geez, he's ripping off the Bob Newhart He routine. rips off Bob Newhart, and I'd forgotten all about it. And so everyone's laughing in this little kind of low-end comedy theater, yeah. except for somebody at the back who's just shaking their head. Yeah. Because they know what he's doing, right? So anyway, now, and she is constant to support her husband. She's constantly taking notes. Yeah. How can he be better? This or that. She doesn't realize he's ripping somebody off. So anyway, once he's out of the picture... Then she's upset and she goes down to the same comedy club and she just walks up to the mic and she's drunk (laughs) and she just lets it rip and they're all just killing themselves. (laughs) She ends up arrested like Lenny Bruce was arrested because she's over the top. Yeah. Now she meets Lenny Bruce in jail. She bails him out. He bails her out the next night because it happens two nights in a row. And then it just goes from there. Amazing, amazing show. That's fun. Here's a fun fact. That album that Bob Newhart released, his conversation with Abe New, I believe, uh, I believe it's Abe called Lincoln. The Button Down. Yeah, The Button Down Humor of Bob of, Newhart yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But has that conversation. That thing was a million seller, was a record, and he outsold Elvis that year. That's right. And he had never done stand up. Yeah. 
just did the album. New they they yeah. knew he was funny. They knew he, uh, he was a writer. And so they said, well, why don't we record you? So that's how he started. He didn't even cut his teeth in the little clubs. Yes. He was an ad writer, a copywriter for an advertising firm, which is, that's why I listened under the influence. Because the button down world of Bob Newhart listeners, if you haven't heard it, go back and find it on YouTube. Just amazing. I've worked with him. boy, KJ. Name drop. Yeah, that's awesome. Why not? Uh, Do you guys know The Favorite? Have you seen The Favorite? Uh Uh-uh. No, I don't think so. What is it? Uh, uh, It's Queen Anne, uh, turn of the century, but she won the Oscar for it. I have heard of this. I think, isn't the show Broadchurch, whoever the lead older actress is, she won... She won the Oscar for this, the favorite with, is it Emma Stone? Mm. God damn, it's good. Holy doodles. This is a movie? Movie that I saw on the plane. I got all these new movies that I, that I, because I never go to movies. Right? Oh, the favorite. I totally saw the favorite on the plane, I think. Oh my God. That's an incredible. Remember when I've said to skin, massage my legs? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's what yeah. I'm referring to. Yeah. That's an amazing show. Oh my God. God, the writing is incredible. The sets, the costumes, the acting. Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. That actress that plays the queen, she shows up in a lot of stuff. Yeah. She's yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize, but I just, I just thought it was just something else. That's nice. I like the Bob Newhart connection too. That's cool. Speaking of comedians, boys and Netflix and not Amazon and prime, I guess. You know, Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffees. Mm-hmm. They got a new season out, right? It's got a new season. Boy, oh boy, there's some fun stuff in there. The Ricky Gervais episode is really, really funny. Ricky Gervais, I keep wanting to not like that guy, but he's great. <laughs> I, he just kills me every time. Those shows are really nice to watch. Yeah. Because not only do you get... They take about four to six hours to film them. They boil it down to a really nice, short, tight, about a half hour set. And you get the, the automobile stuff is just lavished. Like the, the filming of the logos and the shifting gears and all that. Oh, he does stuff. Like he drove his own Porsche, whatever it was, the little speedster. Mm -hmm. And he's had it forever. It was about the first car he ever bought, Seinfeld. And he's never had it all redone. It's all beat to hell. And he just loves driving it because it's still super fun to drive. Yeah. He's, he had a, a Japanese, the Japanese version of the Cadillac. It's the most luxurious Japanese car there is. It's called the Century. It's a Toyota Century. And he drives that thing. It's really fun. I saw a review of that from Doug DeMuro mm-hmm. and Jay Leno also had it. And it crazy cars. Yeah, the car part on that show is very fun. Really fun. Yeah, from last season, I really liked the Sarah Jessica Parker one because I don't, I don't think of myself as liking her. And Me I think either. I think the reason I don't like her is I actually don't like her character. So she played a character in what's the Sex, Sex in the City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't like that character. Oh, always buying Manolo Blahnik shoes and stuff. I just don't like like that. But I think I mistook her for a character because yeah, yeah. when she's with Seinfeld, man, is she likable. Yeah. Just really, really nice person. And it's fun seeing him too. He's actually not that likable a person. He's, he's a way more complex guy than you might think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jerry's just not like, oh, he's just simple comedy. No, actually 
Sue and I went and saw him live and it was a fantastic show. We were way up in the bleachers and he was just such a consummate pro. Yeah. You could tell he was doing this the same as the night before and would be doing the same. And, you know, of course, as a comedian, he's going to react to the audience differently. So you do get a unique show. But what I noticed about that show was that a lot of his comedy is really physical. Oh, really? Yeah. He does a lot of marching across the stage in a certain way or moving around and all these movements go with what he's saying. And so they really um, multiply up a little bit and cause you to laugh even more than you might. He comes across in that series as he manufactures every little thing. There isn't one thing that he does in his act that he hasn't thought through a thousand times. Like he's not, you sort of think, are you a naturally funny guy or is this just all science? You know, like it's hard to know. Yeah. And I think the, the improv type ones are naturally funny to some extent, but the ones like Seinfeld are just super rigorous about yeah. you, you work out your acts in small clubs. People are just so pleased to see you cause he's a star now. Yeah that he can tell stuff and he just listens. Where are the laughs? And the next night he changes his timing a bit, adds a bigger gap. And of course, as a pro, he already knows pretty well when, how long the gap should be. But still, I thought that was funny. Nobody laughed. So they just use all that stuff. Possibly my favorite comedy set ever is on Netflix right now. Just got released only about three weeks ago. And Aziz Ansari's new one. Oh. So he was in the news about a year ago because he had a bad date. He behaved really badly in a sexual sense. Yeah. And so she wrote him an open letter the next day or a day later saying, here's where this was terrible, what you did. Right. And then he dropped out of circulation. But, uh, but so with that as a backstop, this comedy special is fantastic. Does he refer to all that? Yes. It's based he, on that? It's It starts with it. So he needs to open with it. He, yeah, he's got to acknowledge The worst thing you can do is, yeah. so he starts with that. He does some really good crowd work. You can tell that he would do it every night. He picks out some people to pick on early. I've seen other comedians yeah. do this. It's fun. The other people are made a little bit uncomfortable, but not too much. And it's clearly in a good spirit. So he does a lot of good stuff with that. He does circle around and get all heartfelt towards the end, but he does an awesome job, like high, high end. So if you like stand up at all, give that one a try, give it more than 15 minutes and just see where you go. But I thought it was uh, the best I've ever seen. Aziz sorry, That's a, is that a Netflix? Netflix. Yeah. Not on Amazon prime. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you guys, uh, cruise the comedians. I don't really. Well, I just, something. well, comedians in cars, that's about it for me. <laughs> it really is like, yeah, I don't watch a lot. Of, I find that I, I just don't spend the time. I'd, I'd almost rather just watch gay drama than that. I remember or back the in Vietnam the, thing. Whatever. I remember back in the eighties, I was used to go, I can't stand it because the whole method was, I know I'll say something extremely dirty and gross and then everyone will laugh. Like, which is a, in my mind, it's a cheap laugh, but there was a lot of that in the eighties. Yeah. Right. Just, just, and it's still there in a lot of stuff, but somehow I just don't care anymore. But in no way does, do these better comics make it all about that. It's, yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. yeah. They actually identify stuff that's funny. I don't know how they do it. How do they? Well, I think. Like, how does Bob Newhart know that the idea of, of 
<laughs> Abe Lincoln having a publicity agent. That's the whole deal there is a modern publicity agent for a historical figure. I think he's an outlier though. Yeah. Cause he was able to do it on recording and maybe the producers in knew how to, I'll bet you the producers added the laugh tracks yeah, maybe. and added some gaps. Yeah. But, but other than that, I think a good comedian does have yeah. to date basically tell the same jokes over and over and tune them until they actually yeah. work. And we talked about Seinfeld and he's talked about not just on his series, but not about how some words are funnier than other words. Chicken. Well, it's true. I know. Like it's true. I know. And I don't know how they know that. And they don't always know it. And then that's how they learn it. Yeah. Through experience. And the other thing that is a absolutely, not only do you have to be funny, be able to learn and understand and think about what makes people funny. You also have to be willing to have people hate you for an entire stand up set. Yeah. And completely bomb and have silence <laughs> and just go on with it. Yeah. And not go home and kill yourself and yeah. show up the next night and have it happen again. So you have to, you have yeah. to have that willingness. I think with those two ingredients, like being smart, being funny, that's three and being able to survive all that, then that makes a really good comedian. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. Ricky Gervais really enjoys his own comedy. Yeah. Sort of almost <laughs> like Red Skelton would laugh at his own joke. That And that's one part of being a good comedian, if you seem to enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. You think that's funny. And he seems to like, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> actually a lot of stuff that I see with him, it's it's in an interview situation where it's almost improv. Like he, he's not actually doing stand-up, but he's telling stories. Yeah. And, he, and he he just thinks it's the funniest thing. In the, and yeah, I really like that. As an aside, Sue and I saw Tracy Morgan on one of those little things where they just show up at a comedy club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were at the comedy cellar and we knew, oh, it's Tuesday night. Maybe somebody famous will come in to hone their act. And it was Tracy Morgan's first time performing after his car accident. I didn't know he had a car accident. But. Yeah, he got brain damage oh. actually. And so now he was going to be on SNL in four weeks. So he's hitting the New York he's City comedy it. clubs and this was the first time. And he was kind of slow. He was struggling for the words and everything. Oh, Jesus. And we awful. watched we watched SNL and he was he was hitting it. Yeah. So it was all that whole thing of Yeah. Try, 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 and then yeah. <laughs> and even by now he's way, way better again. So yeah. <laughs> Stuff I don't know. RJ. <laughs> uh on the list here. We're down to just a couple items. On the list. I want to know what this, there's something on here called the Close Talker concert report. And so I was thinking they went to some concert of some thing and it took me quite a while to think, oh, maybe the name of the band was Close Talker. Yeah. Speaking of Seinfeld, because there was a classic Seinfeld yeah. episode where, nice. where the girlfriend, you know, Jerry constantly yeah. went through a whole litany of girlfriends who had one single flaw, yeah. be it large hands. Yeah. Uh, and one of them was a Close Talker. Yeah. Uh, or was it a guy? I can't remember what, but they would get up a little bit too close in your face while they're talking and you would constantly be trying to back up. Um, this actually, as you suggest, is the name of a band. It is. Oh, okay. So that band presumably liked the whole concept of the close talker and yeah. named themselves. They're not a comedy band in any sense. Yeah. They're out of Saskatoon. And this is just a quick little concert report that Sue and I had the pleasure to watch a headphone concert. So Close Talker performed, this is just two nights ago, I guess. 
their entire new album that's not going to be released until August 31st. They performed the entire new album live, and everyone in the audience, there were only like 120 of us there, we all wore headphones. So every single seat when you get in has a wired pair of headphones draped over the back of the seat. Wow. And a little sheet of paper that explains to you what the, about this show. And they had one of the three band members came out before and we, none of us had our headphones on and said, okay, look, this is what this is all about. We've been working really hard on this for a year and a half. We've been grinding away. So we had this idea, what, what, what can we do? We wanted to do a 3d headphone experience. So there's kind of like technologies that are used in VR, quite a bit, virtual reality that make the sound sound like it's coming from not just the left and right, but from behind you in particular, maybe a little bit of in front of you. So why don't we do this? So they've been working on this. They, they did one practice concert in Saskatoon to friends and family, cause that's where they're from. And we were at the opener of the tour in Vancouver and we got to hear them and it was just an amazing concert. We were just totally enjoyed it. Was it, would it have been amazing if it wasn't for the headphones? It would be a decent concert without the headphones, cool. but they only did the album. That's it. It was a, not an expensive ticket, but it was not super cheap. So I'm going to guess around 30 bucks and they did uh, 11 tracks. Do you remember the voices of Vancouver when we had the guys in here? Yeah. Did they talk about these guys? Absolutely. We featured close talker. We even played a little bit of their music on an earlier episode when they were talking about their favorite bands and close talker being one of them. Yeah. There was some band that was right from Sherwood park. And then there was other guys that they just knew. And they were there. It was kind of fun because it was a beautiful warm. Oh, they were there at this concert. Yeah. And it was a warm evening a couple nights ago. So we're standing out in front of the Western front, which is literally an arts facility. And all these, uh, young, young people, you know, up to maybe 30, yeah. 35 at the oldest and more like 20 to 22 at the youngest, um, all out there on a beautiful warm evening, just chatting. I really got to listen to their but show. But the voice of Vancouver guys were there? Yep. Uh, yep. Both, uh, Cam and Jordan, who now lives in Victoria, came over for the show. Huh? And, uh, and Dylan who works with Cam on the foosball scene. So I, you know, Sue's met Cam and Dylan once before when she came out to watch me play and met them. So she had fun just chatting with them. And, uh, we all, when we hung out afterwards, I got the three close talker signatures on my vinyl, you know, oh, I, this I bought is vinyl awesome. from them. This is all and, awesome. Uh, they didn't have uh, XXL t-shirts, you know, because the whole <laughs> hipster crowd, right? They're all skinny people, right? <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> but uh, I get the album. If we ever get t-shirts, uh, let's just make them all double XL. X double XL. that's our whole <laughs> listening audience. No, I wouldn't say that. No. Um, that is really cool. So Jordan's in Victoria. So are they still doing the podcast? Yeah, they still do. Uh, it's a little less frequent and occasionally it's just Cam. Well, so it all, de- all depends. And uh, Jordan comes over and Jordan being Jordan, you know, he's... He's eating cookies and we're going, what, I'm going, what's in those cookies? He goes, no, no, no. The, the cookies are just to get rid of the, the flavor of the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing to see here. Huh. Oh, that's very good. That's cool as anything. It's funny. I was thinking about those guys. It wasn't because of this entry either. I just was thinking about them uh, on my drive, my long drive, I just thought, I haven't listened to their podcast, and I really should. Mm, well, I mean, they came on ours. I yeah. should hear theirs. I listen to almost every one of their episodes. Um, a lot of it has to do with it. I, I know Cam personally. Yeah. 
but they do a really good job. And, uh, and I'm also into foosball and he does tend a little bit of time to talk about that. And the last episode was completely about the world cup where Canada had a yeah. team that went over and represented that and, you could have gone, but didn't. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, soon I both agreed. I'm going to try for the France one in two years. And it doesn't mean I'll go because you have to qualify, but, but if I can go, that would be kind of fun thing to do because I was thinking, well, I won't represent Canada all that well. I don't necessarily have a high opinion of my ability to play in a tournament context. But then Canada did not have a strong senior team anyway, and I would have been a good addition to it. Yeah, if you make it, you make it. And also the whole experience is not all about do you win or not. You certainly want to do as well as possible. But it's such an amazing event to be at that, that uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think you should do that. You know, as long as the whole thing, as long as going isn't purely a function of your economic ability to go. Absolutely. Then yeah. go. Yeah, if it's th- purely just you could pay the ticket, well, that's a drag. No. I mean, in hindsight, the Spain one would have been great. Yeah. Because Barcelona is not far away from Murcia. Murcia. <laughs> Thank Barth- you. I was Barth- going to correct Barcelona. Barcelona and Murcia <laughs> are both on the southern coast, on the Mediterranean and close to each other. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hope to go back there uh, to cycle. I hope to cycle in Europe again mm. next year, maybe. Skinny, uh, did you go through any fires on the way to? Uh, yes, I did. There was a fire um, between Karameas and the Richter Pass. Uh, you guys may or may not recall that there was a silver mine alongside the highway called Danko yep. Mines. Well, that fire was pretty much right where Danko Mines used to be. Oh, okay. And it went all the way up over the hill. When I went through the week before, the road was closed. They were making people go up through Penticton <laughs> and down all the way through Oliver to get to the rest of Highway 3. But it was still smoldering away uh, when I went through. And when I went to the viewpoint in the far side of Osuyas, you know, when you go up the mm-hmm. other side in the Anarchist, you could look back and you could see the smoke still coming up between the mountains. You know, the Richter Pass goes off into the distance and the smoke's coming up. But it was pretty much out by the time I got Was back. it smoky up there? No, this is the first time. And I got, I, I had a couple of people, I posted something on Instagram and one of the remarks I got was, no smoke. And yeah, for the first, in the last five years, I think four of them, it's been really, really like sort of never proper daylight kind of smoke. Not pleasant smoky. No, it's for, it's just like yeah. red sun in the middle of the day and that's yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And this time it was brilliant, blue, clear skies, really nice stars. Yeah. You know, you forget. You go up there and you see the stars up there at night. You can really see them. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Milky Way. So it's cool. No, 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 no smoke. Yep. Yeah, when we're 64. So then I guess that'll be it, eh? We've come to the dramatic and satisfying conclusion of episode 63. God, I'm never going to get that right. We're exhausted. We're sure that you're exhausted as listeners. All the highs and lows, the tears, the laughter, it's all been there for you. As you float in the Kettle River on your little floaty thing, if that's what you're doing. Uh, We hope you're taking care of yourselves. We hope you're having fun. We hope that we will see you again and that you send us your opinions, your thoughts, your suggestions, and get them to us through sheddogs.ca. Till we hear from you, and even if we don't hear from you, God forfend. Take care of yourselves and have fun. Bye. Bye. Excellent.